RNZ National, time for Tech Tuesday. Daniel Watson runs Vertec IT Services. He joins us every couple of weeks to share what he's spotted in the world of tech. And, um, well, like a lot of conversations recently, Dan, um, all around the world, should we start with ChatGPT? Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's quite an interesting story which uh, came out of the States where a New York lawyer is, is facing his own uh, court hearing after his firm was caught using ChatGPT for doing some legal research. Mm. Um, and it, that's the kind of the, the warning, right? Like, uh, you remember the um, the X-Files, the great yes, old TV show? Of yeah, where they had the poster on the wall, the truth is out there. Mm-hmm. Except it doesn't have on the poster the other half of that saying, which is, so are the lies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is the thing about like this uh, this AI. It's, you know, it's garbage in, garbage out. It's only as good as the information which has been fed to it. And if it's sourcing the information off the internet, plus it's been given the license to create its own content. Well, what this guy came uh, ended up uh, getting is he was... Uh, submitting uh, briefs to the to the court, which had completely false uh, court cases, complete with quotes and precedents and and all the rest of it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it was fabricated from whole cloth. But I'm sure it looked completely reasonable to the lawyer who submitted it. You know, oh, well, that looks great. And that's the warning, I guess, is that like if you're using a tool like that in a work environment, you've still got to check it. Yeah. Uh, I, you um, could say that this was the one guy that got caught because his um, his work wasn't up to scratch, but perhaps there are hundreds or thousands of other lawyers using this tool around there and, and they're actually checking it properly and, and it actually is uh, improving their efficiency. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. It, I guess it'll probably, what it will spark is probably a more um, ring-fenced or designed product, right, that is specifically made for the vertical of us lawyers Mm -hmm. right because you wouldn't also you wouldn't want to just a generic law one because hey there's so many different um jurisdictions out there that if you use a a generic tool you're going to get generic results and the law is not like that right it's it's dedicated to determining uh the truth of a situation so you you're not you don't get you don't you're not entitled to your own facts (laughs) Um, yeah it it might be good news for new zealand's lawyers um because it's possible we're too small a market for anyone to bother building an ai engine specific to our jurisdiction i wouldn't count on it i bet you there's people already yeah maybe maybe i Um, do wonder if the first the first people to do this stuff get a get a harder time like um you know the national party uh recently got a big scandal because they were using artificial intelligence to create photos uh, for their campaigning. And I can't help thinking in a couple of years' time, probably everyone's going to be doing it. It's maybe just that they did it first and people aren't used to it, that they get uh, all the heat. What do you reckon? Well, um, marketing. I guess marketing is essentially what they're, that's what they're doing at that point because you can ask it to create the generative AI to create a white middle-aged voter, you know, <laughs> um, and if that's what you want to target, then they'll create a generic-looking face from that, right? Um, yeah, and ethically, so, you know, what's the difference between that and paying a white middle-aged actor um, to pretend to be a white middle-aged national voting uh, voter? Yes, I guess so. I mean, look, you can, you can. 
what's the difference between that and and having a cartoon? Well, normally a cartoonist would get paid for it. Like I, I don't see a problem with it myself. Mm. I'm sure there's others who have come up with all, it. All I'm saying and, is and that po- possibly, the, of, possibly the shock yeah. of seeing it for the first time means they get more stick for it than they than they might deserve. Yeah, yeah, that first mover, and then yeah. you know what? In six months' time, people will just go, "Oh, look, that's that's what's <laughs> happening now." Okay, you get used to it. And, and, and there's a lesson for us there: is that you know, going back in time, calculators were banned from exams when I was. Uh, 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 a teenager because the smart calculator the ones that could you could store a few things yeah. in there and they certainly didn't like the graphics calculators mm-hmm. and before that you know you'd be you wouldn't be allowed to take a slide rule and you know they would they would just simply supply log tables and you would have to come up with everything yourself i guess part of it is changing the way that we you know we test and judge people's capabilities because you know life is not life is not an exam where you're not allowed to bring reference materials into it. <laughs> life, life is a continuous open book exam yeah so it, it, it really is kind of tr- testing the world is testing how good you are at adapting to what the current environment is and how can you bring the best tools to bear though i, I suspect um, there was never a, a big uh, debate over whether the slide rulers were going to take over the world and uh annihilate the human race through nuclear <laughs> extinction maybe, maybe there should oh, have been <laughs> hey People with slide rules created the atomic bomb. <laughs> okay, what so, else? What, what else do you have on your mind this week? Um, what's RFID technology? Ah, okay. So RFID, uh, you'll encounter, you know, the key cards that you might have that allow you to get uh, through office doors or at the bank or in corporate buildings. It's the same idea. It's a little circuit. It doesn't contain a battery. It's simply powered by the electrical field that is put out by an RFID reader, um, those little white boxes that you'll see next to doors. The same idea is uh, used for like PayWave devices. Okay, so your card has a little chip in it, mm-hmm. and when um, it gets into the electrical field of the FPOS device that's got PayWave enabled, that provides enough current in the electrical circuits to generate its own electrical field and provide that um, information to the tool. The concern that people have out there is that what if somebody was like digitally pickpocketing you? Oh, yeah. Um, if they had like a pocket reader and yeah. they sidled up to you, where? Where would they sidle up to you? In the men's room? That would look a bit weird. Um, <laughs> a crowded bar, perhaps? The, well, <laughs> you will not find anywhere that men are more hyper-aware than in the men's room. Yeah, somewhere where they're relaxing <laughs> yes. and they uh, haven't got their wits about them. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bar, the bar is probably a more likely idea. But uh, so there are things out there like getting filters. Uh, what are they called? Like uh, sleeves for your cards, mm. or buying wallets that have built-in RFID protection. Is it a gimmick, or are you really at risk? Mm, it's a bit of a gimmick, uh, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. Um, because it, you, you actually like the, it, it. Seriously, it does not work beyond a, a few centimeters. So somebody would have to like if you've got it in your wallet, in your wallet's in your in your jacket, right? Somebody's actually going to have to press up against you. That's yeah, true, but 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 lots don't... of us blokes keep our wallets in the like I keep mine in my back right hand pocket. It wouldn't be unimaginable that someone might uh, come up behind me in a bar with a reader and scan it through my back pocket. And I just assume it's just um, someone pinching yeah. my bottom, as happens from time to time when I'm out and about. Oh, you and me both, mate. Yeah. Uh, my answer to that one is your visa cards are covered you know so 
you know, any any fraudulent charges on that are protected. Right. How much should you worry about that? The worst thing that's going to happen in respect to your Visa card being uh, digital pickpocketed like that is that you might have to get a new card. Yeah. If they thought that it was like a stolen type situation, but if it's just been scanned like that, mm, less likely. Annoying, uh, but, uh, but um, it's not going to leave you destitute. No, no, because there's an upper limit for those kind of charges anyway through PayWave. So, yes, the most you're looking at there, you're not likely to get taken to the cleaners in that respect. That, that reminds me of that. There was uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie, Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. The, the chap there that was the real-life character there, I watched a Google Talks. Frank um, Abagnale. Abagnale, yeah, that's yeah. the one. So he, he did a talk, and somebody asked this question um, at Google. What is the one piece of advice that he would have for people who are concerned about having their financial details stolen online through e-commerce? And mm -hmm. he said, just put everything on your credit card. It's protected. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, if you do it, if you use your FPOS card um, or a debit card like that, then that is not protected. But going through Visa is. So put all your bills through any payments you're doing online, put it through a Visa. And you're, you're going to be more protected than if you uh, never use it. Okay. So don't buy mm. the jeans with the reinforced steel pockets just yet. Um, just use a card that has some oh. sort of protection built in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, unless it's a fashion choice. Yeah, maybe. It could be. Okay. You know? I've seen worse at Fashion Week. Thank you, Dan Watson, Vertec mm -hmm. IT Services. I've enjoyed Tech Tuesday as always. Have a great week and nice to chat. You're welcome. You're up.